Hello and welcome to another episode of Roy's Ranting and Rambling Reviews. My name is Roy and I will be your host for this podcast. Uh, it's been a while since I've done an episode. I Really, I just got lazy. Um, not that I haven't been inspired, but I just got lazy. Uh, I got some new equipment and it didn't work as well as I was hoping it would, so it kind of killed my motivation, but here we are, we're back at it. So, um, you know, my last few episodes I talked about superhero movies, I talked about video game movies a little bit. My first episode I talked about Don't Look Up, so I'm just going to do a little catching up on some of those issues, not issues, topics really. Uh, the you see recently there was an article or a story about how Elon Musk went to send up a rocket full of like 60 satellites and there's a failure to launch or something, something happened where it didn't go according to plan and it just made me think of Don't Look Up right away, just further proving that the satire in that movie was was close to spot on. Um, it's still been in the news some. People either really hate it or really like it. I, I really liked it. I thought it was a, a really well done satire. So, and every time I see a little news article or story like that that helps further prove the point that it was a well done satire, I'm gonna talk about it a little bit. I'm not gonna get into the specifics because I really don't care enough. You can look it up yourself, I guess. It doesn't matter. Uh, but then, yeah, like I said, I've also talked about uh, video game movies quite a bit. A pretty big video game movie came out recently. The new Uncharted movie came out starring Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. And, you know, it's fine, I guess. It, it is what it is. It's nothing special. It's not going to blow you away. If you haven't played the games, I think you'll get a lot of enjoyment out of it. It's a fun, light, action, popcorn type movie. Um, you know, it's got some decent spectacles. It's whatever. But what's more interesting to me is that people have been pretty fairly receptive of it, even if the critics haven't been super receptive of it, and is making money. You know, it had a budget of about $120 million. Right now, currently, worldwide box office, it's at $271 million. So it seems to have made its budget back, plus its marketing costs. Um, it's, a, it's a financially successful video game movie, which I think is good for video game movies as a whole going forward. Um, you know, in one of my prior episodes I talked about how I kind of compared the the video game movie and its path it's taken to success in a similar tone to, or, or a similar path as how the comic book movie went. And Uncharted to me is a good example of we're getting there. You know, we're not quite there, but we're getting there. Fans like it. It's making money. It's a fine movie. It's nothing great. But hey, we're, we're on the up and up. We're on the path towards getting our Dark Knight or Iron Man, but for the video game world. I kind of look at it at being like, you know, you know we're kind of in that 90s era where for video game movies, we used to have things like Blood Rain and... Uh, House of the Dead and just really garbage bad video game movies like that. You're alone in the darks, you know, things like that. Things that uh, Yui Bull did, uh, however you pronounce his name, that German director that did a bunch of terrible, um, terrible video game movies. We used to be in that era and we're getting out of it. We're kind of now in your Tomb Raiders and your Uncharted. You know, it's fine. It's kind of like the comic book movies in the 90s where it was like you'd have your your spawns and your blades and things like that that were fine to okay but not great but they were getting there they were a lot better than 
what had come before it with like your Dolph Lundgren Punishers and your Supergirls and your things of that nature. Um, so again, more evidence that we're getting there. The video game movie is kind of following the same path as the comic book movie. And eventually we're gonna have a bona fide hit that's really well received critically and really, really well received uh, you know, by fans and makes a ton of money and all of that. Uh, I kind of talked about this on, on Letterboxd in my Uncharted review of that. RC Overly 54, check it out. Um, I kind of talked about it there and I had a comment that was like, well, we had Sonic. Yeah, sure, that made money, fans liked it. I think it's got a fresh score on Rotten Tomatoes. But again, that's nowhere near something of like The Dark Knight. You know what I mean? It didn't make a billion. It didn't win an Academy Award. It wasn't critically acclaimed, universally praised, universally loved. <laughs> Sonic is not the Dark Knight of video game movies. Um, like I said, I, I think we're getting there. Uh, Uncharted is more evidence we're getting there. So we'll get there eventually. But I also recently talked about uh, superhero fatigue, and that's another uh, thing that's come up quite a bit with Eternals being mildly lukewarm received, uh, and people are starting to throw that term out there again. And I, I talked about what might replace superhero movies, that's how I got in the conversation of video game movies, but something that I think about often is, you know, people one of the biggest criticisms of superhero movies in general is that they are they're too similar they're all cookie cutter at the end of the day they all do the same thing and that's still profitable for now so the marvel movies can keep doing what they're doing because as long as it's making a profit why change but you know someday sooner may, maybe sooner rather than later there's going to come a time where the superhero movie starts to die out and part of its downfall will be that criticism, that complaint that they are all more or less the same at the end of the day. You know, it's it's the origin story, it's the we learn our powers, uh, we gotta fight a bad guy that's really similar to us, we win the day, we set up the next thing, etc. People are gonna get sick of that. So, I often think about what could superhero movies do differently? What, what could they do that would be original, that would be fresh, that would be different? that people haven't seen that would uh, keep them from going stale. And, you know, the naysayers, the critics of superhero movies might say there's nothing else you really can do, that you're constrained to a box of kind of this typical formula that works. And I disagree. Uh, so today I wanted to talk about a couple of my ideas I had for superhero movies that we could see down the road, something that would be original and different and fresh and a couple things that we probably never actually will see because studios don't like to take too big of risks. They like to keep it similar. They like to go with what they know. So these things I'm gonna talk about, we'll probably never see, and, and I'll get into why we won't see those um, once I get into the ideas themselves, but let's get into it. So the first idea I have, uh, you know, our movie would follow our protagonist who would be a retired army vet uh, back home in the States and you know he, he's having difficulty readjusting to uh, life in the States. You could say like the, the bills are starting to pile up, starting to mount up. Uh, maybe he's got a sick kid or something. Um, 
he just, he, he's been in the army or the military his entire life. He doesn't really know how to readjust into society. Uh, maybe he's got his own personal mental health issues he's dealing with, like PTSD. We could see him going to group meetings, things like that. Uh, it's all kind of standard and kind of boilerplate, but I think if with the right script and the right direction, you go down the show don't tell route, uh, I think it could really work well. Um, basically the whole first act is just developing this character. He's really likable, he's really relatable. You wanna root for him, he's down on his luck. Uh, but he's really a good guy and he's got something for you to root for. He's got a good family. It, it's nothing melodramatic, but it's real, it's tangible. Again, boilerplate, been there, done that. Um, but that's just your, your entry level for this. And like I said, he's having troubles readjusting to, to life. The bills are mounting up. He can't hold down a steady job because of his trauma, because this and that, whatever. Eventually he gets a job offer something that's too good to be true. He can't refuse it. Um, it's it's doing what he knows best. It's going back to his roots. It's holding a gun. It's providing security, um, being muscle for like a private military organization or something, like a private military security force. So it's doing what he knows. Um, it's doing what he's good at. Uh, and it, it, it pays and insanely large amount of money. Something that would take care of all of his issues. His, his bills piling up, his sick kids, medical bills, things like that. And he thinks it's too good to be true. And he's wondering what the catch is. No catch, we just, we don't know what the job is for. We don't know who it's for. Um, and we don't really know what he's getting into. But like I said, it's too good to be true. He can't pass it up. So he takes this job and say it's at like a warehouse or the docks or something like that. Again, scenes you've seen before. Um, and you know, there's a couple of shady organizations, maybe they're getting together, maybe they're doing a deal of drugs or guns or something, doesn't matter. And you can tell that with our main character, this doesn't really sit well with him. Um, he's not so sure if he agrees with this, but he kind of keeps his mouth shut, he goes along with it. And again, we're, we're continuing to build up that this is a good guy, this is a good character, it's someone we want to root for, it's someone we want to cheer on. Um, and then uh, suddenly, you know, during this business deal, this transaction, uh, members of his squad or, or his other guys on this private security force, they start getting picked off one by one. Almost kind of like that first Predator movie, right? Where it's like your big muscle-bound uh, badass military dudes they get picked off left and right and they've been reduced to like quivering trembling messes um something is is in there with them it's taking them out it is methodically picking them off and the fear that is instilled in them is like beyond calculable measurements right it's just it's palpable um it almost like it, it, it transitions into almost like a horror movie at this point where these these dudes are getting picked off, right? And I think what would be really interesting, what would be really different is when the twist happens or the reveal happens, you know, about halfway through the movie maybe, we reveal what is picking off these guys and is taking out these members of this team one by one. And it's revealed to the audience that is Batman has been doing it. Suddenly you're thrust into a Batman movie that you had no idea you were in. 
How cool would that be if you were sitting in a movie theater opening night for a movie that you were kind of excited for, you saw the trailers, you were intrigued, it had that mystery box, JJ Abrams type of element to it, where you're like, well, you know what, I'm gonna go check this out. This looks kind of interesting. Like, what is picking them off? Like, what is this? And then it's thrust upon you that you're in a Batman movie suddenly. Like, how exciting would that be to get a surprise Batman movie? Um, I just think that would be incredible. And then the difference, you know, the twist would be, oh shit, I've been rooting for this guy this whole time. Uh, but now I'm in a Batman movie. Like, do I want to see Batman pick off all these guys? Like, this is just your average henchman, but I was introduced to an entirely new world, a whole new sight, a whole new perspective of, of crime and punishment in a superhero world. I think that would be incredibly interesting, incredibly fresh. Um, you know, we never see that side. Also, it, it would just be something, you know, so exciting to, to be in a theater and suddenly you're just in a Batman movie. Like, that would be amazing. Now, obviously Warner Brothers and DC would never ever do this in a million years because if they're gonna throw money at the screen to put Batman on film, um, you know, they're gonna advertise the shit out of it. You're not gonna make a Batman movie and not market it or advertise it with Batman in it. So that twist, that reveal, that kind of feeling I'm going for, they would never be able to do that. And also, if they were somehow able to make a secret Batman movie and release it without that being spoiled, night one, the first person that sees the movie is gonna tweet and um, it's gonna spoil the whole thing for everyone right away, as soon as they get out of the theater. You know what, this is America, who are we kidding? The second it happens in the theater, people are pulling out their phones and they're gonna start recording it and they're gonna start tweeting about it and they're gonna spoil it for the rest of the world and for the internet at large that, hey, this is a Batman movie, go check it out, how cool is that? So then like, the whole purpose of that idea is to surprise and excite people with a um, a secret Batman movie. You know, you want it. You want that feeling of sitting in the theater and being, "Oh shit, this is a Batman movie." You want that feeling, but you're not gonna get that except for the people that are there opening night, which is gonna be a small handful of people. You know, and and the the experiment is gonna be kind of failed at that point. Um, and, and so, you know, like th another reason why that idea just it would never work. Um, you know, it could. You know, they don't have to spend a ton of money on a Batman movie. You know, you can make it small budget. Like Joker wasn't, what does that cost? Like 70 million? That's pretty pretty small peanuts nowadays for, you know, Warner Brothers and DC. That's not a ton of money to them. Um, so you could spend, you know, make a really small budget movie and then you won't be forced to spend a ton on advertising to throw Batman all over the, the trailers and the marketing and everything. and word of mouth would spread and you could get a, a decent return. But like I said, the whole purpose of it is to surprise people that are in the audience, to have them see a surprise Batman movie. I think that'd just be a really exciting moment and feeling. Uh, but also, how do you sell people on this movie? Like, how do you get people in the seats? How do you get a full audience on a Friday night for a trailer that looks like just a standard type of action thriller horror about a, a mercenary that comes back from Iraq or something. You know what I mean? Like it, it just, you wouldn't be able to sell that idea to people. 
Um, so again, that, that idea, it would just, it would never work, but it's something I think about often. It, it's, it's kind of a, kind of a dream movie I have, like just to be sitting in a theater for some random movie and then surprise, it's a Batman movie. That'd be amazing. But then again, I'm part of the problem because I'm probably not going to go to a movie unless I know it's, you know, a Batman or, or a Spider-Man or it's an Uncharted even. It's something that I know of. It's a pre-existing IP. Those are the type of movies I typically see in the theaters. So if I see a, a trailer for a new movie that comes out that just looks like an average mercenary action thriller, possible horror movie, eh, I'm probably not going to see it. So again, I, I don't think that idea would work for a number of reasons, but it is an exciting idea. Something I think about often. Wanted to share with, with the internet, get it out there. And actually, you know what, I think I did steal this idea somewhat from Reddit. I believe this was something I saw on there years and years ago. Just the idea of, of Batman picking off henchmen one by one. And then it's revealed halfway through that it's a Batman movie. You know, I got that idea from them and I, I started to uh, expand upon that idea and how would you get there and that's when I came up with the idea of it follows like a mercenary down on his luck, all that type of stuff. Um, so partial credit to Reddit. Uh, I stole it from there but I expanded on it, kind of made it my own and um, throwing that out there for the rest of the internet to, uh, to, to think about it. I think it'd be a cool idea. So that's my one idea for sort of a fresh, original superhero movie idea that we've never seen. Um, and then my other idea would be, uh, it'd follow a superhero, um, and it'd be more of like a, like an A24 type of slow burn, emotional, uh, dramatic type movie. But it'd follow a superhero who discovers that he is in fact part of a multiverse. Uh, he is not not only is he not the only superhero anymore, he's not the he's not the only superhero in the universe or the multiverse, but he's not even the only version of himself. And this hero that we would follow, he would have an existential crisis about it. Uh, he'd start to think like, well, what's even the point? If I don't save this world, uh, if I die, another version of me will eventually replace me they'll pick up where I left off, they'll do it. Um, if our whole world dies, who cares? There's a whole nother different version of this world out there with other versions of these same people and that world will carry on and it'll have a legacy and it will pro uh, progress science and make the universe a better place. And uh, I feel like that's a side of superheroes that we've never seen before um, you know, with, with No Way Home and with the upcoming Flash movie and all the stuff in animation and the comics, there's a ton of different multiverse stories out there. This is an idea that we're starting to see more and more of, and we're going to continue to see more and more of with, I mean, the new Doctor Strange movie is called uh, The Madness of the Multiverse or something like that. I, I don't know. And of course, there was Spider-Verse just a few years ago. So this is an idea that general audiences are really starting to... Um, be aware of and come around to and I think it'd be an incredibly interesting idea to see how does someone handle that um, you know that has like a, a an existential crisis about it because that's how I would handle it 
if I suddenly found out that I'm not the only version of myself and there are versions of myself out there that are better than me or have had more success, I would really start to question my own existence. What have I been doing this whole time? Why haven't I achieved what they've achieved? They're the same version, they're the same thing as me essentially, but they just made better decisions and they, they became more successful and do my decisions even matter? Uh, do I even have a purpose anymore? Like, these are all things that I would start going through if I found out there were infinite versions of myself. And the multiverse stuff happens all the time in comics, and I've never seen that before. Now, obviously you couldn't do that with a, a Spider-Man or a Batman. You couldn't do a really uh, heady, uh, character exploration of a superhero going through an existential crisis. I mean, you're putting Spider-Man or Batman on, on film to beat people up and have some, some popcorn fun. You're not gonna do a, a slow burn, A24 style uh, drama about a character going through a crisis, right? Um, so that's why I feel like it would have to be something, um, you know, kind of like in the boys type of universe or something like James Gunn's Super starring Rain Wilson. Something that it's, you know, it's got all the aesthetics of a superhero world, but it's its own thing. Or something like in the Invincible universe, you know, something like that. I just think that'd be a incredibly uh, interesting and engaging and fresh story to uh, dive into and something we haven't seen yet. So. You know, those are a couple of my ideas for superhero movies that we could see sometime, but we oh, let's be real, we probably never will. Um, they're just, they're too different, they're too out there. It's not, it's not what audiences want to see, but hey, A24, uh, if you've got someone out there that wants to make something like that, please do. I think that would be incredible. Again, that's something you could do on a small budget. If it's just a character study about somebody in a goofy costume, you know, you could do that. It wouldn't cost a ton of money. You don't have to have a, a, a bunch of special effects. You don't even have to show the multiverse stuff. It could be, um, it could be explained in a, a smaller scale way of, oh, hey, I just found out last week that there are infinite versions of myself and uh, this one's the president, as well as being a top scientist, as well as being the Superman. And I'm just the Superman, and I failed to save a couple of old ladies from a burning building the other day. You know, like you, you could really start to go down that route. Um, and I think that would just be really engaging. Now, I don't know where the story goes from there. That's just, that's just the premise, it's just the setup. It's something I would like to see. Uh, I love superheroes. Um, I love uh, heady, dramatic A24 movies. Um, I, I have existential crisis nearly every day. It's right up my alley. I think that'd be like my favorite movie of the year if somebody could make that. So uh, A24, someone like A24, get on that please. Um, but yeah, that's that's basically all I really had. Uh, just wanted to catch up on the, the video game movie world, share a couple of my ideas about superhero movies uh, a couple ideas that you know i think i think would be really interesting and unique but again probably never will see those for a number of different reasons um but again uh like i said uh 
those are my ideas. Uh, I saw Uncharted, I think it's fine. I've got a review of it on my Letterboxd. That's RC Oberly 54 on Letterboxd. R-C-O-B-E-R-L-E-5-4 uh, on Letterboxd. If you wanna get in touch with me, uh, email me about how wrong or how dumb I am about something. Uh, do that at my Gmail. Same thing as my Letterboxd account name. It's rcoberle54 at gmail.com. R-C-O-B-E-R-L-E-5-4 at gmail. Uh, yeah, go ahead and check out that. Uh, letterboxed, uh, send me some insight. Um, but yeah, uh, until next time, I suppose. Uh, I believe this has been a podcast episode. So this has been Roy's Ranting and Rambling Reviews. Uh, my name is Roy. I'll see you next time. <laughs>